Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode three of the Blockchain Bay podcast. My name is Chris, and today Joe is interviewing BFG Neil, who is a well-known member in the Helium community. With this project, TrackPack, it aims to give a real-world use case for the Helium network. With TrackPack, you can track assets across the world as long as you are within distance of a Helium miner. It's a really cool project, and I hope you guys do enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode. We have special guests today from across the pond. We're going to do a two-hour uh, a two-hour live stream. First, we're starting off with BFG Neil, and then later on, we're going to have some guys from Crypto Slate. That's the podcast that I did a week ago. They'll be coming on the show to talk about what they're doing. But uh, Neil, let's start off with Yo. you. I think you're a familiar face. I think everyone knows me at this point, right? Hope so. Anyway, I'm trying to be like that. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So thanks for coming on. Now I uh, seen your post on Twitter about your product that you developed on the Helium network called TrackPack. Of course, I have one of my own, which yep. I made a video for, so thank you for that. I like the product. I like what you're doing here. Um, I, you have a lot of experience in the industry. So just give us a background on, on yourself, what, you, what you've done as far as that you're a dev, and then you got involved in Helium, and then why you decided to go forward with this project. Sure. So, you know, I've been a developer for a number of years and the last business that I run was software as a service. So when I sold that business, I was looking into the world of what's next, you know, for me. Um, and I obviously looked at blockchain technology. I originally built a Ethereum miner um, following Voscoin, you know. He, has, he, was, he was great in the time when GPU miners were, were big and it was, it was great advice and help getting to that point where I could build, build a rig. But at that time I heard about helium and, and the, the low power nature of it, you know, where when you get to GPU mining, you realize you use so much power and so much of your profit goes towards the power usage. Helium sounded like this amazing thing that was low powered. And it was also solving some of the problems that um, Bitcoin has true decentralization. Um, it was putting a node in everyone's houses. Bitcoin, you can do that, but to earn from doing that, you need to put an ASIC miner in, right? And it just doesn't make sense. Like, I love the idea of a Raspberry Pi that could support more than one project. And that's a thing I would love to see in the future for Helium, you know, support more than one project on these nodes, because we have this global decentralized network of independent nodes in people's houses, which is perfect. But yeah, so I am um, coming to the Helium world and obviously, when I get into a new project, I study the hell out of it. So I started using mappers to um, work out how good my coverage was. You know, I, I had some success locally. My first three hotspots were 350 meters, 400 meters from each other. So they were working pretty well. But then then my friend was two miles up the road and I was like, all oh, right, you know, but I'd love you to get into this project with me. And, uh, you know, I had some difficulties getting that distance. So what I what I then did was like, right, look at my setup. Let's get a, a mapper. Uh, let's look at the signal quality. Does what what does the difference of um, a meter in height make indoors, outdoors, cable, antennas, everything got really deep. Um, and at that time, uh, one thing I noticed was the relay thing. Um, hotspots that when they first come out, you needed to have ports inbound and outbound for them to work, to them to be able to talk. And if you didn't have um, the ports open, you would never beacon. So I noticed that Helium wasn't showing on the site and we started up a service called um, Helium Status. And uh, that's where it showed you the relay and a bit more information about it. Um, and yeah, at that point we did, we had like 50,000 subscribers. 
Um, it was quite a big website and quite quite a lot of people were using it at the time. It was definitely the option. Um, yeah, there was but, a lot of features. I, re I remember it. I used it yeah. quite a bit. I, I uh, told people to go there before, you know, and then we had light hotspots and all that went away. You didn't really have a need. Exactly. And like it was at great, that point. I think it was a great product. Yeah, I met um, the other two business partners of Trackback at that point as well. Rob um, Rob is a, a cloud specialist and a, a back-end specialist. So we worked as a really good team, and that was our first project. I mean, for that project, that was the project I learned React Native, which is um, React and React Native, which is what Trackback's written in. So I'd done other programming languages before, but they're a bit old-school PHP and JavaScript, and, you know, it was last world, and, you know, here's here's was my first project with react i mean there's nothing better than diving into a project to learn a bit of coding and the language because you have a goal in mind and you can build it and that's what helium status was so when um they moved to light hotspots that was the point where we, we we needed to pivot right so what do we do next and we talked about doing um hotspot firmware um you know we could definitely do that in the future if people are interested um setting up firmware that enables you to run other projects as well sort of what CRTX is doing but it would be at a subscription obviously we would need to build something where we would eat for you know be able to eat by building it so there would be a small subscription to it we've talked about it but we decided at the time um that the most helpful thing that we could do for the network was build an app that is so easy to use that you could actually go to your neighbor and say here track your cat track your car track anything and they wouldn't have to know about cryptocurrency. They wouldn't know, have to know about Helium console and add-in devices and decoders and integrations. And so with, with the Trackpack app, um, you literally just scan the QR code on the back of a, a tab and it's added to your account and you start using it. So every tab and every tracker comes with 30 days of uh, free service as well. So you can start using it straight away as soon as it arrives and, and uh, really experience what the power of the network is, You know how big it is and how mm -hmm. good it is. Um, which we need more of, right? That's that's one thing at the moment. There's not many companies that are um, building solutions like we are, and as quick as we are as well. So, our, what we built was in response to the to the to feedback from the people, you know, saying this is too complex. I need something sim simple, um, you know, data cake, um, Uber dots, um, my devices. They're all great systems, but they do require some knowledge, right? It, you need you need a, 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 an implementer to build that kind of system for you. Um, whereas Trackpack, you could literally just buy one of the trackers and get started with it. And that was that was the aim, basically. So it was a bit of education um, for the network. You know, I'm, I don't have a background in, in asset tracking. I built a business from knowing what you could do on Helium, um, which is a, a different way around for 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 me the most would do it they they see the power of the helium network and how you can do long range low power sensors and then take their existing systems and build onto it we're a brand new company built from from the network it was it was my next business you know yeah and i like that that's that's something i've always emphasized now i admire all the people who are doing the do-it-yourself projects on the network and showing yeah, others how to get it. involved and do the really techie stuff but that's really not what we want to show to the broader helium audience who's just trying to figure exactly. out what this network is for. I mean, with the businesses developing on this network, it should be as easy as your app. You scan, you scan the QR code into the app that supports it. Everything's exactly. taken care of on the back end. If you need extra features, you go through the API, which is one of the features that you have.
with your product. Yeah, and that's that's one thing we're hearing from a lot of companies is that we've developed a full system that's white labeled as well. So we can build apps for them. But at the end of the day, they just want access to the data we have an API. Um, a lot of what we've seen before is, you know, here, here's a little project you can run, go start up a VPS and you can install it. But again, that's too much for most people to 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 understand. So um, what we've built is a is a great base for any sensor. Right now, that that only sensor is asset tracking and, and it sensors on a map. But we have a base uh, and a system in place um, that's um, you know could take a million users tomorrow. But we could also change it to show temperature, humidity, uh, you know, man down detection for tilt detection. We can do anything. It's just right now we're a, we're a small team, so we're focused on one sensor. Um, mm -hmm. A big, big part of um, what I'm hearing from feedback from people on the network right now that are building for it is there's a lack of investment. Um, they've got these great ideas and I hear them all the time and it's so easy to get excited about an idea in Helium, um, but there's no funding for it. There are grants if you want to open source everything, but if you want to do something commercial, they can't help you. They can't help you with the grant. So having the investors on the network is a bit of a, a point, a sticking point for us as well. You know. Right now, we're we're, um, we're we've got some big ideas, but they're just a little out of reach because we need the funding to do it. Um, and that's that's the story over and over that I'm hearing from a lot of folks. Yeah, and <clears throat> one of the reasons I, I like having people like you on, and, and as well as the Australians, although it was something more political. The point is that there's people mm. who want to build on this network, who have solutions, who are going to spend the time and investment into a product that is going to utilize this global, this global LoRaWAN network. Mm. I mean, I'm sure you have better ways to spend your time and your money <laughs> if this thing was just a joke for mining crypto. I, I don't, I'm not of that opinion. Now, of course, there's always going to be uh, some dissent in the comments as to all the other solutions that are available. And I've also drove this point home about the utility of LoRaWAN, uh, how, how long range it is and how resilient it is. But I guess, can you give us the benefit of using one of your devices over something like an Apple AirTag? For those in the audience who are just hearing about this, they're probably wondering the same thing. Sure. So an Apple AirTag is a Bluetooth uh, low energy device. So it needs um, ring doorbells, other iPhones. So I always say that um, it's great if you um, are in a town, in a city center or, or the suburbs generally that you'll find iPhones and ring cameras and things. But when you start going out into the sticks, it will just get lost. Um, what uh, what I always say is that you can um, lose your bag on a on a train, for example, if that train goes to the depot and there's no iPhone devices, you wouldn't know it's there. Once it returned the next day, you would be able to find it, but it'd be a long time before you realize. Whereas these devices are always on, so wherever there's helium coverage, um, there is there is service for this. So, you know, you know yourself. So if you put a, put a hotspot up that's really well on the peak of the hill, you could probably cover forty kilometers, fifty kilometers for sensors where an iPhone is only going to do a few meters in front of it. So you have to make sure you, you, you're you in range of one of those things for it to work, whereas Helium's just got the opportunity for, for bigger coverage. Um, and yeah, the technology's great. I mean, it's not too bad at the moment. You've seen what the tabs are like, right? They're not too bad. They're, they're pretty good, yeah. but we're talking about the future of it now, the next stage for it. So that's what we launched today. 
um, last night, sorry, an article about um, how we can ditch the GPS chip and use trilateration and AI to basically reduce the size of these things. Um, here's an example of what we've built. For example, this is a this is our new tracker. We wanted a, a base model to work from so we can control the firmware. But you can see on the back of it that is the GPS antenna. Uh, can you? I'm gonna I'm gonna disconnect my uh, my VPN. Just continue explaining, and I'll be right back. Sure. Sure. So yeah, so this is this is a tracker we built. It's very very small, but you have to remember this is just a tracker. We need a battery that connects to it as well, and, and then a case as well. So quite a lot of that footprint is the charging circuit, and obviously there's a thick GPS antenna on the back of it there. Really, if we could lose that GPS chip, we could half the size of it, put it with a coin cell, and we would literally have an Apple AirTag size device, you know, with a coin cell battery on the back that could be replaced. But the thing is, we can have that thing last for a month and work all over the world. That's that's amazing. But what what we do for yeah. that basically is we use the signal strength and multiple packets enabled to work out where it is in the world. We can we, and then we run it through a TensorFlow AI model to precisely pick it, and we can return an, an accurate location. Um, mm -hmm. There's an article up on Medium. Uh, it's on our Twitter, which is just Trackback IO. If you want to follow us on there, um, and you can see in the article that we got some predictions in there that you can see and. Uh, yeah, it's crazily accurate right now. So it could mean that we can shrink the size of even this device, which is, you know, fairly small compared to other devices, you know, already. Yeah. We could then half wow. this as well, which is, uh, you know, just crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. It's 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 really nice getting into a project for Helium um, that seems to be making so much difference. Uh, we've got some pretty big names that want to work with us that want to use this technology um, one of the biggest ones at the moment is uh, Brompton Cycles. Uh, they make these folding commuter bikes. So people will, you know, ride them to the train station, get on the train to work, and then ride them to their place of work. So they're not, you know, they're in city centres. They're not, um, you know, in the middle of a field somewhere. It's like the perfect use case. Um, and what they're doing is they're putting the trackers under the, under the seat. And um, what they're using it, is, using it for is anonymous usage statistics. So they have these... Um, rental lockers all over london and these are these are on these, these trackers are on those bikes so what they can see and what they can give to the councils is usage statistics so they can know oh well maybe we're best putting a locker in here it's best spending our time putting more more lockers over here and this is how the usage is so they can report all of this and they've they just love the data you know they've been trying to do this kind of system for six years but every time they've done it it's the power requirements nearly impossible to run a sim card based tracker um, but then if if they could, the cost for installation and the, the gateways to support everything is just astronomical. Whereas for, for, for Helium, we do it for $40 a tracker. So it's just a ten, almost 10 yeah. times cheaper for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And what's neat is that if, even if you don't have coverage in, a, you know, in some location for whatever reason, maybe there's not hot spots there or you have sensors down in the basement or in a hard to reach area you could always throw in a data only hotspot where exactly. it's already configured for the helium network it's it's fairly cheap they're about 150 give or take but the onboarding process is simple they don't participate in proof of coverage so you'd only earn from what you make of data credits however it is very convenient of a setup 
for if you're actually deploying this stuff in the field. So yeah, um, go ahead. You're dead right. I mean, that's why we always say to it, we, we've got some trials with companies in and they're saying, you know, every now and again, oh, you know, I'm losing a little bit of coverage here, um, delivering to a depot. And we were saying to them, you know, one well-placed antenna can do 50, 60 kilometers away from that depot of coverage. So you can fill in those gaps really easy. The one thing I say at the moment is though, there are some pretty good deal up, deals out there for full full um, hotspots. So they're almost as cheap as data hotspots at the moment. And uh, another good one yeah. is to check eBay and things. You can actually get them quite cheap. So it depends on what you want to do. If it's for data only, obviously you just not messing with POC can mean less goes wrong. But I always say, you know, you might as well learn a little bit. Yeah, just make sure if you're going to buy a hotspot secondhand, it's not on the deny list. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, know how you deal with that? It's taken care of uh, at this point. But the easiest way is to ask the buyer for yeah. the hotspot name, run it through um, Explorer, and check it. I mean, the great thing about eBay is you have the buyer's protection, so you generally always win as a buyer, don't you? So, uh, can I put one on my dog? Has a question for you? Can I? Mm. Yep, can you put one on a dog? Yeah, I mean, so we I have a run. Come, go ahead. I, I run this one of these on the dog at the moment. It, it's a bit big, but I think of it as a testing device. What what we've really built is uh, a small tracker that we can work into a collar. Basically, this this device here is a little big. A lot of it's a charging circuit. Um, there's obviously pins for um, programming and things. So once we get this size down and once we get the finalized, we can put it into a collar. Um, the other option that we wanted to really explore is harnesses as well, because there's a bit more room for um, the tech in in one of the side pouches of a harness. So we're, we're definitely wanting to cover dogs and cats. Um, we want to get this small enough that you would be able to put it on a cat. Um, the, the thing that's holding us back at the moment is the GPS is so powerful powerful that it drains the battery if we can get rid of the gps and use this trilateration system that we've built and um, we can have coin cell batteries so they will be small they will be tiny and the cat will just look like it's got a tiny pendant on it you know <laughs> yeah so um i'll ask you a couple of questions well first what other type of products do you have if you can share do you have in mind for trackback? Will you be developing any other type of sensory devices for other needs, or are you just developing specifically trackers right now in all shapes and sizes? Yeah, right now we're just focusing on trackers. Um, obviously, there's a lot of um, changes that some people need. We've been asked about temperature readings, um, also about things like a man down, so tilt detection on helmets and things like that. So that it's just all basically what, what I call functional tracking. There's basically tracking, which is just working out the location, but then there's functions on top of that. You know, I want to know if the temperature goes, or I want to know if if the tilt sensor's gone, or I want a push button to notify me if someone's pushed it that they need help. Things like that. Um, that's what we're mainly focused on at the moment. We have um, kind of like an internal division called uh, Trackback Labs. And the idea there is that, you know, I sourced, tried to source feedback the other day on Twitter just to see what people want, want, to, want to exist on Helium. You know, if we can put a door sensor app out there and it helps people onboard door sensors and it takes us a couple of days to put that kind of thing live, I mean, we're all for it. So if people have use cases, please come and talk to me. We're happy to help. You know, if there's a business model there and we can see the clear potential for it, we, we will help as much as we can to get that thing live, you know. 
right now helium needs data usage not not full stories about who's using the network you know we, we took our time before we mm. mentioned brompton you know we have live sensors with them we didn't want to kind of give off that um, example that um lime or or any of the other ones gave you know we actually have usage from these companies we have sensors live now um and things are growing you know we've got a lot of interest yeah no it's awesome Lost my train of thought here. There was something else I was going to say <laughs> on that note. Oh, yeah. Within the helium community, I mean, what what is part of what I guess what's special about crypto projects in general, but something that is kind of cutting edge in its own way. You, you would classify helium's as tippins, I guess, Web three potentially. Regardless, is you, you have people who stood up a bunch of hot spots or helium miners for this network now you have a group of people inside who are saying hey reach out to us we can help you design solutions we can help you build we can build them and provide mm. them to you you just got to let us know what you want which is always exactly neat. um it's it's really a community crowdsourced effort Exactly. And I couldn't, I couldn't have got where I did before um, the helium community. You know, there's a, there's a guy that's very special to me, Jazz Williams. Uh, he was helping me um, write to coders and things and work out what I needed to send and how that I formatted everything without, I didn't know this before, you know, I've never worked with sensors before. And, you know, I've got to the stage now where we as a company are building hardware and writing firmware and that we have um, AI prediction models and things. I didn't know this technology before, and it was only through the help of my peers that I've been able to get so far. So, you know, that's a big thing that with Trackpack that we wanted to do is um, the whole system's white labeled. So you can install it, run it in your own business. All you would need to do is put up a promotional website. Maybe, you know, if you wanted to track ATVs and you wanted to start an ATV tracking business, make sure you have relevant content about ATVs. Do your research on what tracker fits the ATV and say why it's so good for the ATV talk about the features that are particularly useful for them and start a business and, and use it through helium and a bit of money with us you know i want to help the community grow and i want to help data usage grow mm -hmm. so we can only do that together and it's one big thing that um hotspot owners um need to realize and i think people are waking up to the idea that you're never going to earn a lot from the data transfer of one sensor but the power of us all having sensors will mean that our price of our hnt will rise Right. So even though you may think that one sensor will never earn you that much, what you're earning in POC now will be worth more if we all grab sensors. Right. There must be at least 150,000 of us owners, hotspot owners. Right. It must be more than that now. If we all bought a sensor, we'd have 150,000 on there, which is way more than what it is now. Yeah. Potentially. Actually, yeah, well, it, it would probably double the number, maybe. Exactly, that's the whole point. I don't know. And you it, can't really tell the exact number of sensors on the on the network, but there. Mm. Last time, um, we got a roundabout number. There was, I I thought over a hundred thousand sensors on the network at this point in time. Um, well. It's, diff it's difficult because we don't know um, roaming providers how many sensors they have, but one mm -hmm. stat I do know is that roaming is the largest data user on the network now. So there are more people roaming from using other networks than there are helium sensors. So um, there are a few and they are growing, but it's just at the moment more so is coming from existing. 
can you break that down to the audience with what you mean by roaming specifically on sure Wan, right yeah exactly so there are networks that exist like senate um actility i think is one and there's another there's another few and um, basically they enable roaming on helium so if you're not in range of one of the senate gateways it will roam over helium and they will pay helium for that data usage so most of the time when they're when they're um, installing an area they'll install a senate sensor but oftentimes when the sensor moves like an asset tracker it will roam over helium um and what happens what's happened right now is that roaming has has uh, overtaken plane sense helium sensors so there are more sensors from other networks and there are helium adding more more credits and more spending more money so yeah which that is makes sense that is that's yeah. a big step that is a huge step i mean there yeah. are there are things holding them back for sure um now i think the coming. next big step well you beat me to it chirp chirp stack mm. where along with the you know migration to solana the helium it, it's standard lorawan but the way it's built out on the back end was meant to be be more decentralized and from the way i understand it they will be taking chirp stack and adding some modularity and features to it so yeah. we still have that decentralized modular network but built on something that is more um more standardized yeah yeah that's it i'm sorry my dog's wandering in the background but that's it um <laughs> right now um helium took um that the laura name server um software and wrote their own version of it they've, they've tried to keep it to spec but it's missing some features it's not as fully fully featured as chirp stack there are options for you to carry on using console but what is exciting for me is things like chirp stack can be used you can also technically use the ttn networks version as well that mm -hmm. can be installed and run or you could write your own and run it this this idea of open lls um but what what chirp stack really brings is, is the ability to use um, class c devices Another big one that I really like and it needs some work um, is that there's device profiles. So rather than going to go find a decoder, you could just type the device's type in and it will automatically put it. And you can even pick which version of that you're using. So, you know, one of the big things I found at the start when I bought my first sensor, which is a Dragino sensor, that I had to work out what version of firmware was installed before I could know which decoder to use. And then you know, I had to update that to get to the latest to use it. But if we were using Chirpstack, I could have just picked that um, version and run mm. with it much, much quicker. Uh, and yeah, it would just cause more people to want to use a network. I mean, there are networks out there. There are public um, networks, LNSs running, you know, but they just don't have the coverage Helium has. Um, they've tried to do it for years, but the problem is, is there's just never a reason to expand them beyond where they're being used. You know, people weren't going to just install mm -hmm. TCN net network gateways in the middle of nowhere unless they were using them. You know, Helium did solve yeah. that problem. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And so many new businesses can exist. And I think that's the biggest potential for this network. So many new potentials can, uh, systems can exist because of Helium. I don't think we'd have a lot more you know switching over i think it's new businesses like trackpack for example that can exist because of the helium network that we're going to see the massive growth in yeah i certainly agree there um as far as 
so we have some other people talking about random crypto in in the sure in the space we'll talk about that in a little bit but there was a comment from dave saying, mm. why hasn't anyone gone into the grow room business with this setup so we'll use this as an example let's say someone wants to now, if you know what all is entailed there or just basically like monitoring crops or mm. monitoring the room or humidity, exactly. temperature, et cetera. Can you give us a, sh a short rundown? If someone wanted to develop their own products for that, how would you go about that? Yeah, really, I'd work out what is important for the crop. You know, um, I, I, it depends on what crop. You know, you can look at light cycles, watering cycles, um, and really, you can automate all of that. I mean, there, there's a little, there's a little bit of a stick in that um, auto watering um, without class C means that you would have to run timers on the watering um, rather than waiting for a for a downlink to stop the water. Otherwise, it could just flood. So. But yeah, I'd really look at what you need to gather sensor data-wise, what you need to activate. Um, can you activate, uh, um, you know, for example, auto water in, or is there a vent on the property that you need to, you know, bring the humidity down or the temperature down or increase the temperature by closing them? Once you've got that kind of metric, then you can um, install it, basically run a really cheap proof of concept. So, you know, maybe install a, a soil moisture sensor, maybe install a... Um, a humidity sensor and a temperature sensor and just try and get go with, with, with basic tools. A big part of that is come to the heating community and talk with the other people. They'll be able to get you going with, with how to start this kind of thing. And once you have a proof of concept, that's the point you can say, right, I have one installed. Can I go install this somewhere else? And can it work the same way there? Once you've got it for a few places, you realize there might be some slight differences or there might be some complications that you hadn't thought of or features that you needed to exist on top of that. Um, but, you know, don't spend a lot of money. Just get the get it out as cheaply and as, as easily as you can. You know, start with a rack development kit or a seed development kit. Try and get the basics out and, and prove that there's a concept here and it's repeatable. Um, and only at that point would you start thinking about what we've done, like with creating an app or creating a business website for it, prove the idea, um, and then take it to the next stage. Uh, and then another big, big thing I'll talk about is that um, we obviously did a proof of concept for Trackpack, went on um, Helium Hacks Happy Hour, talked about it, and we got some small funding available for us to start Trackpack. So if you talk about your idea, share your projects, and people will share for you. They love seeing new sensors on the Helium Network. Um, at that point, you might find funding. You might find people that are interested in giving you help. You know, don't go it alone. There are there are enough people on this network that will help you. Yeah. So, is there anything else? I, I want you to get the uh, full <laughs> end to end for your your product before we uh, start going a little bit, you know, outside the lines on on the stream here. We can take callers if you like to. Uh, we can chat sure. a little bit more. You can stay till the end of the hour or take off, whatever you'd like to do, Neil. But I appreciate I'm you happy coming to stay on for and talking about this. Yeah, I'm happy to All answer right. any questions as well. So let's let's talk about anything. I'm not sure I'm that relevant in other cryptos, but you can probably drag me up a little bit. Yeah. So, well, I was going to add Dave, but he got up and walked away. So, um. <laughs> See, Shane M writes a coming ten dollar 
a tracker with free or super cheap data is a game changer. We're going to track everything in the future. Yeah, I mean, right now, looking at this tracker that we've built, this is this is a sub thirty dollar tracker with battery with case. I mean, there's obviously some production costs to go in there that, that take it a little higher. But if we could drop that GPS chip, you know, we really think in bulk we can get it under ten dollars. I really do think that changes the game. It's so cheap that you just don't think about it. You know, it could just suddenly be in, in, mm-hmm. implemented in everything. I mean, we've we've had some crazy people, have- crazy crazy use cases. Ask us I'm going to have to look you know, into the, the trilateration because some of the way yeah. I, I know how that worked out was extremely difficult to nail down. And and I think Helium has a few issues of their own with like hotspot assertion places and how that's a little inaccurate. But like you mm. said, it, it's the AI model, so I'm sure there's flexibility there. Now I'm going to add uh, Dave to sure. the stream. In a, in a moment here, and I, I think he he may have uh, questions for you. But Dave, <coughs> welcome to Network Bit Stream. You're gonna you're hey, gonna can uh, you guys hear me? Hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? You guys can hear me. Was, was it, yeah. Yeah. Ah, right, cool. Um, I was wondering how much data can the chipset transmit, and what would be like the continual monitoring rate of the data? Yeah, like, I mean, like if the battery life, mm-hmm. like you said, it has a built-in battery life. So obviously, there's going to be a capability to expand that. That's not very difficult. You know what I mean? Uh, what's the voltage of it? Uh, 5.5, I'm assuming. I wouldn't know the voltage, to be honest with you. That's, uh, I'm not the hardware guy, but I could tell you. Do you have the battery there? Like, can you see the battery? Like, what's uh, the battery voltage? We we literally, this doesn't have a battery. And this oh, one's okay, actually gotcha. like a five, this one's like a 540 milliamp hour battery. So <laughs> it's a very small battery. I mean, th- th- this yeah. for me, tracking the dog, I walk the dog two hours a day, that dog, um, this lasts for two weeks. But if you were constantly moving around with this thing, a day or so. You see, know? like uh, the the use case I was thinking about personally is like uh, my my side, side gig um, that I'm currently uh, medically retired from. Um, but still on call, <laughs> uh, you know, just fixing everybody else's problems. Uh, I'm a master grower and a grow room engineer uh, for the cannabis industry in Canada. Uh, we do mm-hmm. large scale um, grow room and grow room designs. Like personally, it's just me, uh, but like I have my own company that does it. Um, we work with companies like um, my biggest corporation that I have right now is Canopy Growth Corp. Um, they encompass, I think, 30 different medical licenses in Canada right now. Mm. And when I started there, they had this agricultural system that cost them, uh, what was it, like $700,000 to set up three grow rooms for monitoring. Um, We're talking like miles and miles and miles of RJ45 cabling. It's like... Are you, yeah, are, no, are this, you high? I, I literally, when I, when I walked in there, I, I ripped apart the master grower. He got fired. This is at the open house, ripped him apart, got, went in the next day, ripped out the entire grow room system, replaced it all with Arduinos and uh, Android tablets mm. that were on the outside. And like the, yeah. the, the Arduinos, I was able to do the pH monitoring, I was able to do the humidity, the temperature, the light. Like I could get the PAR and the spectrums. I can make sure that my like the wind was fluctuating, right? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had fan controllers exactly. and stuff. Um, what would be like the lifespan on one of those units? Um, 
like that you're going to be releasing with the built-in battery i guess if i was to yeah, constant uh, or like say so, 15 second interval monitoring yeah i mean generally like um on the trackers we, we we'd like um 30 second uplinks minute uplinks two minute uplinks but if you're moving into a world where you're monitoring um soil moisture and stuff i mean obviously it's it's longer times right five minutes or 10 minutes you know or hours or half hours so when you put a decent ac 650 battery in and depending on the place you're growing is it outdoor or indoor you can put solar panels and they'll last a whole year on a little you know little tiny solar panel like that mm. so but generally yeah you're talking years of battery life for for, for a target like that and yeah like you say no cables to run you can you can really be doing it you could have an actuator on vents you can have an actuator you, on fans power you reach know. reach out to me through joe after yeah. the podcast sure. um we should um we should call uh, it it's one of those projects that i built one of the one of the first sensors after building the mapper was building a pH monitoring sensor in the garden that was powered by solar. Yeah. Um, just to see what it did. And, you know, it also had temperature and humidity in it. So well, putting like, that data and having it on a little solar panel like that that lasted all year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I just um, think about, like, just a, 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 like an injection mold process where, like, mm. you have one of those cheap little, like, one of the cells off of a uh, panel. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. On top it of it. More. And then you have the sensor that hangs off of it and like a little mount that you could put it. If you're doing it in an indoor growth space, the lighting alone is going to produce enough lights. Yeah, exactly. So, so that, that's the kind of panel that I was using in the garden that lasted all year. That was more than enough power for it. So, you know, it doesn't even cost and, anything and, electric to run it. So, And if it's under HID lights, like mm. in an indoor growth space, you're, you're probably still talking like 12 hours at least of light every day mm. of like the highest intensity light that a cell could experience. Sure, exactly. No, it's really interesting. That's why I mean, we should talk about working on some. It's just one of those things that like, there's so many use cases for LoRa, but there's not a, a, a massive amount of people that know how to build a full system. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of like educate people on like being able to do that and offer services, but some of it does need, you know, specialization. Like I don't own a grow house. I wouldn't know exactly what you need to monitor. So you bring that experience in and maybe we can develop a little system or a little prototype of building it, you know? But that, that's what's lacking in the community is working together to build these solutions. We need more of that. You know, I've got this solution that needs monitoring. How do I get there? How do we help you get there quickly? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I do want to push the envelope on 619 OTA's idea here for some sort of... I'm not of... in the YouTube chat. I apologize. <laughs> I, I, no, he, he, he talks about it regularly, sometimes in the Discord and you know, YouTube channel, whatever, but it's a great idea. It would be nice to see a dedicated catalog through Helium of mm. the different types of devices that you could utilize on the network and who supports those types, like what companies are currently selling them, link to the website. This And but I, I if, think that if there's, shows, if there's an access node to the network that's accessible through a Raspberry Pi, then you're talking anything. It's one of like, those ones, Joe, like that you like really literally need. any. Mm. You could really monitor is. the reflection of your mirror in the morning if you really wanted to. But it's one of those things that we shouldn't rely <laughs> on on Nova or, or the foundation to do though, Joe. You know, we should be building that kind of site. That is in itself can earn money from advertisements, from product placement, from product reviews. That in itself is a great idea, but it's just manpower that's all women power or anything power to that, you know, to build that kind of solution, you know? 
I, uh, I I might be able to access some of that manpower. Yeah, exactly. And it's a great little site. I mean, we talked about doing it before, calling it Helium Reviews, um, actually tested sensors and see how they use and what information you need to get them on the Helium network, what providers are best to use them with. You can start building a really nice catalog, but yeah, it just needs time and effort. And yeah, I think think a lot of people will rely on Helium and Nova to do that. And it's just, they are so spread thin as it is that we need to provide those solutions for them, you know? Yeah, Joe's got to send me a helium miner to set up the network for my farm. Do it. All right, you got it. Um, one of the things I wanted to cover, the move, the transition to Solana that's currently taking place. Mm-hmm. I want to know your guys' thoughts on it. Incredible. I, either way, I'm not really too bothered by it. Do I really care that much about Solana? Not necessarily, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I no. don't think they're as bad as people make them out to be. I know, Dave, you and Akiva had something on your website about that, a podcast about it as well, which I listened to some of it. But I want to hear both of your thoughts on Solana. Uh, I think Solana is a great project. I think the fact of all this FUD is hilarious. I think the fact that they like, like they showed their funds, like they have 50 years of funding to fund the mm. project at its current size in their own coffers. So like, it's mm-hmm. FUD, it's FUD, it's FUD. Like if you have, if I had extra money right now, <laughs> I'd be buying soul left, right and center, not financial advice. <laughs> But, but like, there's so well, many good I, projects I mean, that, that are that like might that. Be great, that might be great financial advice because Jim Cramer says not to. I don't know. Buy it. If you, mm. if, I, if I'm talking to you, Joe, as like my homeboy, then I'd be telling you, I would be putting at least twenty percent of all your investments into it. Okay, let's not get crazy here. I'm not, no, <laughs> I'm like I'm saying, if you were to say, if you were to say like. Like the way I was investing because I'm a miner is I would but take you're my money. Serious here, you like Solana that much? Yeah, I like All Solana. Right. I, it's one of like four coins currently that I have a bag of in my hodl. That that's like one of four. And um, yeah, it, it, it if I if I could be mining it right now and be paying the bills, I would be, mm. but I can't. So I mine various other coins and projects that mind me enough coins so I can pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Like it's currently just, well well currently just off my 10 uh 3070 rig. Uh there's 103070s and two uh 6800s on it. I've made uh $1400 in the last week and a half just off that rig. And it's That's mining crazy. a coin that nobody's heard of and I actually have an interview with the devs coming up um called nexa and it's a solid project it's actually backed from the, the uh, what's it called bitcoin unlimited or bitcoin ultimate or whatever uh those guys so like the the bitcoin cash or B- bch yeah um those guys kept trying to I- implement optimizations to the network that the bitcoin cash team was just like kept shooting down and shooting down and shooting down and shooting down. So they said, I catch 
and um and went and made nexa and nexa's been just like a powerhouse like we just went up i think like 40 percent today in value like there's only one exchange that's dealing with it right now we're getting listed on another exchange we're just trying to get the liquidity i say we're like i'm being part of it that's like it's that's it's it's that minor mentality that's going to make this coin successful like the project is solid it's a layer one uh, they're offering up to a hundred thousand, I think, transactions per second. Well, I've, I've heard network. I've heard quite a bit about uh, Nexa lately. So, re real quick, I want to get your opinion, Neil, on the Solana transition. Um, uh, we'll and we'll get into the other topics, of course. Yeah, no worries. But um, you're you're more inside of Helium. You're a, a moderator there. You have a lot of. I mean, you see all the conversation that's taking place. You're in the the events in the community uh chats what is your thoughts overall yeah i mean i have to be uh, you know in discord and, and chats with um helium foundation and nova they obviously can't talk about price so it's always um difficult for me to get my views across um about the move and everything um can so, i just you know, say this... subtly he agrees with me no no just to say just to say i mean it scares me a little the move i've got to be honest the move the move scares me the biggest problem we have on the network right now here's helium on the helium network is that um the only the only real funds that are being hodled uh, are the um the hst rewards so generally they won't sell their earnings so nearly all of it is being sold all of the time so when we move to a network that um, people are a bit scared of um, and they hear about these things, that so they're, they're, they're worried so they don't hodl. And that's what we really need to help the price increase, that people are hodling and not selling their coins. So the perception of the network is so bad um, that it worries me to move. But um, generally, generally, when you actually look at the technology, when you look at the community base, when you look at how many developers are there that have this mentality of chewing glass, so let's just build it. Let's just keep going. Let's keep these solutions going. Let's build it. The pace that they have is exciting and it's great. And to think that we could be a big deal for Solana is, is incredible. You know, I've always seen it from the start. The Solana team and the Helium team are very close. You just can't beat that. Um, yeah. They have always been close. So it just makes sense. They, they Solana wasn't around when Helium launched. So it's kind of how Helium did their own. done in yeah, any exactly. event. So, I mean, people want to talk about backroom deals and politics, but look, if, if you've mm. consulted with, you know, another business five mm -hmm. years ago and they exactly. fit the bill then, and now they're going to fit the bill and you got a good relationship with them. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of makes sense from that from that standpoint. Now, the, the there was something else um, on the note of Solana where uh, one of the big arguments is it's a VC-based um, yeah. blockchain. Mm. So I get it. I, I certainly get it. Where, but you've got to look at it. You've got to look at it now that we've just cleared out Sam Bankman-Fried from you know having any interest it's in not even, it's or not any even involvement. Bad you know, I mean, look, it, this is what this is the point I'm trying to make is mm. it's kind of like when you send you know non-political people into politics, hoping that they're going to do what's right for you. Where it's like the decentralization, uh, um cult in crypto everyone wants mm. to be decentralized and away from the powers that be well just look at what happened with ethereum did vitalik end up being our friend in the end did he do what was necessarily right 
for the Ethereum network, you can make a case both ways, mm. but it's the same thing. Just because you're going to start with a network that maybe is more, you know, philosophically in your lane, it doesn't mean it's going to end up like that in the end when they see the dollar signs. Just a thought. I mean, that's that's one thing I always say, and I think Helium could help Solana a lot. You know, we can we can have a lot of positive influence. I mean, mm-hmm. name me many how many cryptos there are out there that actually have real world usage, and I mean, look, this is on a crypto network right now. This physical thing that I hold in my hand is on a crypto network and powered by a crypto network. This is not the promise of usage. This is not the promise of development of solutions. This is actually real world solutions right now. So I think we will drag Sol up quite a bit, you know, when we go forward. What they're doing is looks fantastic. The community over there are fantastic. The events they put on are fantastic. The technology is great. And the decentralization is improving all the time, right? They've got two different validators now, right? They've all, almost got two different validators produced by different companies. You can't get more decentralized than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, anyone in the audience, I left the call link pinned. So we got about 11 more minutes. If you do want to call in and chat, if you have some questions, you can also leave the comments in the chat. But uh, Neil, you'll probably be taking off in about 10 minutes here. And then yeah. uh, the, the other gentleman, Akiba, will be coming on and that will begin the second hour where we discuss crypto slate and crypto in general. One of the things I'm uh, wondering, Neil, from from your standpoint, in, in Helium, there's a lot of other talk about the different networks that are being stood up as well. Uh, GeoNet, WeatherXM, uh, HiveMapper, Demo. Yeah. I, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head. There's, but there's a few more all the time, isn't there? Yeah. Is, what, do you have your eye on any of them in particular? I like um, WeatherXM. Um, obviously, they just got botted when they went on sale, right? So everyone got really long wait times, and we're in crypto winter, so buying hardware right now is is tough, right? Um, but yeah, I do like WeatherXM. Um, GeoNet, yeah, to an extent. Um, I think GPS and GNNS is is the old way of doing it, a little. Um, but the, the ideas are good for existing systems. So we're. Patrick Gian would like to ask the question that I've answered for him before. Sure. What problem does this exactly solve? Uh, pa- Patrick, are you referring to the helium network, the lower way network, or are we talking yeah. about moving to Solana? I think he's talking about sensors. So let's just go based on that. And I say that helium um, just means that inanimate objects can be tracked finally really tracking before was for something that um was expensive um but really we've seen use cases from skip hires um to onion pallets was another big one bikes objects um you can really track anything that um makes a massive difference like great use case that i was always told about was um um, onion farmers have to use food safe um, containers um, this one particular business that we talked to um, was losing £300,000 worth of um, of um, containers every year. So wow. with, a, with a few trackers for next to nothing, they can save themselves that much money. 
Um, and the only thing that was stopping them was that, you know, SIM cards are too power hungry and you just can't afford to track a, an onion crate. Whereas yeah, if you can the get these things down to $10. Outrageous. Yeah, exactly. You get a bunch if, of SIM cards. Exactly. And if you look at what nano things are doing or what we're doing with technology going forward and trying to get these things smaller and cheaper, then it can start making sense. Um, but a big one that I love for asset tracking and talking about is this idea of proof of location, proof of presence. So with the Helium network, without using GPS, we can tell you that something is where it says it's meant to be and where it is if it moves. So that can enable things like smart contracts to be sold. So decentralized delivery, for example, or if you were in charge of storing, I think one of the other companies on one of Gristle King streams was saying that, you know, if you're a, a whiskey um, investor and you were storing whiskey barrels and things, you could put a tracker on that whiskey barrel and know where it is and prove that it's actually safe in the, it, you know, Was that warehouse. the Helium competitor? The competitor? The competitor? No, they were actually using Helium, but I think most oh, of it okay. was their, their their main project was on Sol. So, um, okay, because I, cool. uh, I, I heard the other wannabe competitor with overpriced hardware was trying to do the same thing <laughs> right right did you see my videos about them there's a few there's a few networks trying to take on what helium are doing now isn't there but well it's not it's the, the other ones are all right um it's mxc that are really the turds in the punch bowl i just they need could a... never do that i could never do that network the second i saw that the gateways that a uh, hundred dollars worth of hardware were two thousand oh, I just no. knew what game they were in. They're in the hardware game, you know. I had oh, I had a misjudgment for a moment <laughs> there, and figured, hey, I might not get my helium hotspot, so I'll get one of these. Got my ROI, but aside from that, what a waste! And you guys can watch the video; it's quite mm. entertaining. I am going to bring in Akiba. Hey, hey! Welcome to the stream. Hello. How's everyone doing today? Good day, buddy. Good to see you. Sir. Yeah, good to see you. So, uh, really interesting conversation, guys. Yeah, uh, we'll keep the conversation going for the next five, maybe ten minutes. Neil, whenever you want to take off, you, you can. Bit. Yeah, um, but then we'll keep a mind helium. I'm sure he has some input on the combo. I, I do. I do want to do before we begin the next segment a hard cut where we do the formalities and introduction because Chris and I. Uh, we, we are cutting this up for his blockchain Bay podcast. And I also want to get a dedicated video to you guys and Neil, we already have one for you. So sure. we'll all be good here. Sounds good. Go ahead. Akiba, is there something uh, you were going to say? No, I was just saying, I, I really want one of those things, one of those uh, things for my dogs. I think the, uh, the, the options that are out there at the moment, as you say, all like SIM card based, and they just mm. like really don't work, or they're Bluetooth based, which just don't seem um, to That's really the make thing, sense. Like, we have this network that like you were mm. talking about, like, and like, so just just to finish quickly, that one of the biggest things that people keep asking me, obviously, I'm a journalist in this space and also do some consultancy as well, is like, oh, is crypto dead? Like, what's happening when people just look at prices and they completely miss like this core infrastructure that is still building, that is still growing. And it's like it's it's a meme, but the infrastructure is still early. This is all in beta, really, still, and we're finding real use cases. And I think as much as there's pros and cons about, say, the Helium network, the fact that there is a massive network there with proper infrastructure with obvious use cases, I, I think it's 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 phenomenal. 
just as an achievement, whether it ends up being the thing that survives or not. I think it's one of the best use cases for like a crypto um, ecosystem coming together to build something amazing. And it is, it is. It just takes the people to get behind it. You know, the, the only reason that this network is going down in price is because people don't believe in it. If we could get more people to believe in it and show more usage, and that's something we as a community need to do, then we could build this into something massive, you know. It just takes takes a little bit mm -hmm. of effort from everyone. I mean, we kind of need the, the crypto bros that just want to earn from hosting a hotspot, you know. We need those people, otherwise we wouldn't get a global spread of hotspots, you know. We need them as much, but to get them to earn more, we need pe more people that are willing to put the effort in to build up the services, you know. And it just takes yeah. it just takes effort. And there's there's a few of us right now, and the more are welcome, you know, I'll always help train people up, but we need people with use cases to step forward and say, I've got a use case, I can drive sales, help me build a solution, you know. And like well, I said, I'm not my mind about online. <laughs> when, when it comes to helium, I'm not listening to the crypto bros that are, uh, you know, they stick their finger in the air, figure out which way the wind blows that day. It's people like Neil, Travis, Leo, people who've been in the industry building on the network that find utility to the point where they feel that they could build a coherent product for their business on it. It's, I, I just don't understand where the disconnect with some people are. It's like they need, they need that immediate, um, the immediate result. And I think so many people fail to realize that like crypto is not like the stock market. You look at the stock prices and you can get a pretty fair gauge of where the confidence and value is in that company. But with crypto, I mean, it, it pumps so crazy once every four years. And I, I just had a video that I just posted um, yesterday that we cut out of another live stream Travis was on, actually. And we went over eight different factors that took place for helium in 2021 that all those had a little bit of an effect on the price. In one way or another, they caused speculation or upward pressure on the exchanges, setting that price to what it was. And I, I just see that so many people don't understand the context of it because now they're saying the same thing's going to happen to these other projects that have way more of a maximum supply of tokens. And it's like you, people, they just don't understand. They, they don't, and I, I try my best to uh, drive the point home, but do you know, a lot of that is just because I'm su really surprised that it always surprised me. Helium is a lot of people's first crypto. So when they see the price going down, they just think, oh, well, this network's trash. But they don't really know about the rest of the market and not seeing everything going down, you know. So they think this thing's dead. And this is just a time yeah. that builders build, right? And per it will get per better. Personally, what, why I haven't built on the network yet Um is because I ordered an abundance of from various manufacturers and I bet. Yeah, two did. years, yeah, two years. Enough. and people who I turned on to these manufacturers were getting their stuff. And I turned them on like a year after I'd already been waiting. And I'm like, Oh, you're in a queue from that this sucks. and that. And it's like, what are you talking? Like, how? It absolutely it, it stuck. Makes I mean, zero sense, but like, I mean, thousands of dollars tied mm. up for two years and then i had to fight mm. with my credit card companies to get my money back 
And it was just like psycho. It yeah, was that was such an unfortunate situation. And it it caused so much FUD for for the healing community. I mean, there it was really uh everyone's hands were tied in one way or another. The problem that that we really seen is that you, you're not gonna get a lot of companies that are necessarily going to manufacture for a, a crypto project or really work with a crypto project because there's still a lot of stigma around it and they don't know if there's if there's really reliability there in that market. Now we're seeing some good companies come along like Seed Studio, they're excellent. Bobcat, they had production in the past for different products, but they've been uh, an outstanding manufacturer. And you know what, what we had were people who had really great development expertise and some of them did own a, a hardware shop, but not that would be able to scale to the size that it needed right exactly. in the middle of the chip shortage and pandemic mm. where everyone was having issues getting hardware. So there was mismanagement there. There was some dishonesty, but I don't, I don't think that was a completely blatant scam and it's really what? hard to say. It, it, it wasn't the network's fault. Yeah, it wasn't and that's that's that that that's that's mm. that's what I gotta say is it's not the network's fault, mm. and it's more than likely because there's like two manufacturers out of the four manufacturers of you know, this kind of silicon yeah. product that were making them, and then they all of them were signing contracts with all these other helium miners. So they were mm -hmm. only going, oh, well, we can only give you one-tenth or one-one-hundredth of your order. Yeah, that and, happens so bad. And it just so screwed, it, like, it, it it screws the miners, though, like, because it was the miners that were buying mm -hmm. them. Like, it was it was the GPU miners that I knew that were buying them. It was, I knew hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them that had bought mm -hmm. them. And, and when that happens you're taking down a core infrastructure of the network. Mm. So unless you're a dedicated helium person at that point, you're mm. not even going to bother. It's, like, it's crazy, isn't it? It's sad. It sucks. Because like, that's why I said, Joe's got to send me one so I can <laughs> set it up at my farm. So I can yeah. start building with it. You know, I mean, like, it's like Rack um, and the Cowchip situation. Cowchip mm -hmm. just sold without confirming that Rack could bit. actually produce produce that many. Nebra, for example, didn't realize they can't get Pi fours and had to go with Pi threes, and they thought they could buy the concentrators from Rack, but they couldn't. They had to go source another manufacturer. They didn't test well enough, so when they rolled out, they were just horrible. And it just all hit at a time where Pies are in short supplies because there was one manufacturer for a clock on the Pi. And that one manufacturer had a had a warehouse fire right in the middle of COVID. So, you know, supply went ridiculous and they had to make scrounge around and find parts and build solutions and things took years. And really they've had no comeuppance from that, but we've turned a lot of people away from helium because of the situation so bad. So when I started with helium, you were mm. still able to modify the Linksys routers. Yeah. And then they nerfed that to instead mm. go with the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. So then you had other guys that had these like that people were paying to get like the modified routers. They were paying like yeah. five, six, seven hundred dollars to get them. Yeah. And then now they don't do anything. Like they don't <sighs> even route. I network. think 
<laughs> I think that will get better. You know, I think I think the network will get better and people's earnings will improve. I, I, I think I, we're on that way, but right now, I think now Helium sucks, as a right? project is mm. solid, and that's like that's that's what matters. And if, and it's just mm. like there were fumbles at the beginning with manufacturing, mm-hmm. with like second resellers and like mm-hmm. everyone pumping all these sales, and then it's yeah. just like, yeah. I don't know. I, I still believe in the network. I just need a miner. You want to send me one? Let's go. <laughs> you can you can get the cash. I don't care. I'll just freaking throw it up my tower. Maybe Jared has something to play with. We'll, we'll talk play. after the stream. Ugh, I need to sit. My back's killing me. I was gonna say, Jerry, shall I head off then? If you you're gonna talk to it, these guys, it's like been an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Neil. No problem. If, if, if anyone we'll, wants to get hold we'll of me, I'm up. everywhere. Yeah, so. we'll link up through Joe afterwards. Have a good one, man. No problem. Nice talking. Nice talking.